Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin Lahul Hamdul Hasan Wathanaul Jamil Wa Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Yaqulul haqqa wa huwa yahdi sabil Wa Ashadu anna sayyidina wa nabiyyana Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa attabi'ina lahum bihsanin ila yawmiddin amma ba'd We're still carrying on the explanation uh, or the lesson, Tadwinu Sunnah. Last week, we spoke about Matana to Sunnah, the position that the Sunnah holds in our religion. What station, what status? Does the Sunnah hold in Islam? What does it mean? What's the weight of the Sunnah in in Islam? We spoke about that, and I proved that from where? From the Quran, from the Sunnah itself, and from the aqwal of the Salaf, the statements of the pious predecessors, the way that they looked at the Sunnah, sah? We also spoke about Inayatul Salafi Biha, the importance that the Salaf gave it. The Salaf, when we say, we mean the Qurunul the three golden generation, the importance that they gave it. And the way that I said we're going to discuss the way that the Salaf gave it importance is by breaking it into two because we said Salaf, right? so break it into two number one is As-Sahaba the way that the companions gave the Sunnah importance examples number one we said Ittiba'uhum biha how they followed it Ittiba'uhum biha means what? the way that they followed it and they adhered to it was amazing and that's an indication of what? how important the Sunnah was to them. And I gave you a lot of examples. Today we're going to speak about At-Tahari wa tathabbuti fi mayaruna. We're going to speak about this and we're going to finish this off inshallah ta'ala. Last week, I didn't add this one to it. Ar-Rihlatu fi talabil hadith. So if you haven't written it, thinking that you wrote it last week, then remember I have added one point to it inshallah ta'ala which I believe is very important but here is the second way that the companions venerated glorified honored the sunnah and that's in what way at-tahari wa tathabbut fi mayaruna how diligent And how they verified what they were going to narrate. They didn't just narrate. And I'm going to give you examples, inshallah. At-Tab, he said, Sami'tu Anas ibn Malikin. I had Anas ibn Malik. This is an example for what? How the Sahabas were diligent 
and how they would make sure that what they were saying and what they were attributing to the Prophet was accurate. They didn't want to do no mistakes. Atabin, he said, I heard Anas ibn Malik. Who's Anas ibn Malik? Anas ibn Malik was the slave of the Prophet for how many years? Ten years. Anas ibn Malik, and he said, Lawla anni akhsha. If it was not because I was scared, if I was not scared, if I was not scared, an an ama an for me to do a mistake, if I was not scared of doing a mistake, I would have told you of some things which I heard from the Prophet. I'm scared I might do a mistake. I'm scared that I might say something about the Messenger, but I was wrong. If I wasn't scared of that, I would have told you everything I heard from the Prophet. But what does he mean here? He means every letter, every word, every information that he's passing on. He said, I want to make sure that I am accurate. And because of that, because I'm scared, I'm not going to. Are you with me, brothers? This is the inayah, the importance, the sunnah meant to the what? To the companions. Because they know the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلِيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Anyone who lies about me and attributes to me that which I have not said, let him prepare his place in the hellfire. Anyone who attributes to me and says about me that which I did not say, فَلِيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Let him prepare his place in the what? In the hellfire. Here I want you to ponder, brothers. Some of the scholars, like Imam al-Asma'i, they said, if a person reads the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa wrong, he reads the hadith wrong by placing a karaka wrong. Shakal. They said he lied about the Prophet. Why? Because the Prophet was an eloquent speaker. His Arabic wasn't bad. And so when you speak and you say, Qala Rasulullahi, the Prophet said, and then you do grammatical mistakes, and you speak wrong, you're attributing to the Messenger that he's a person who speaks like this. And the Prophet was what? Ahsanu man nataqa bidad. The most eloquent man. Are you with me, brothers? That's a view Asma'i held, but the point is how serious the matter is, Sahih brothers. Seriousness of it. So the Sahabas, they knew the weight of the Sunnah, and so they used to verify. Look what Anas went on to say in, The reason why I can't tell you everything I heard from the Prophet is because I'm scared I might do a mistake. Because I heard the Prophet say, Anyone who lies about the Prophet ﷺ, let him prepare his place for the, in the hellfire. So Anas ibn Malik, according to him, if you do a mistake by attributing to the Prophet ﷺ that which he did not say by accident, 
mistake, not intentionally, it falls under man kadaba aliyah mita'amidan falaytabawwa maqadaw minan nar. Even if it was what? A mistake. Why? The Arabs, anything that opposes the correctness of something is a lie to them. Kedib to the Arabs is what? Mukhalafat al-sawab. Ama mujanabat al-sawab. If a person goes against what's right in his speech, the Arabs say, whether you intended it or not, بغض النظر. What do they call that? Kadib. That's why the Messenger وسلم, said to the man who gave a verdict. He was a Sahabi. He gave a verdict. Are you with me? He was asked about a hukum shar'i. He gave a ruling. And then the Messenger said, كذب Abu Sanabil. Abu Sanabil. كذب Abu Sanabil. Kadaba here means what? He went against the truth. He didn't intend it. Are you with me, brothers? So for them, anything that goes... Because the one who lies intentionally and the one who doesn't lie intentionally, both of them have told you something wrong. True or false? The sin, of course, is different. One is sinning, one is not sinning. But both of them have told you an incorrect information. The Arabs, they call that kadib. So the Sahabas didn't even like to do a mistake. They knew that that could fall under the hadith of what? مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّ مَقْعَدًا مِنَ النَّارِ What does this teach us? The way that our religion is protected by this. حَتَّى أَوَى الصَّحَابَ And the ulama'u al-afdad, they didn't want to do a mistake. And they were that serious with regards to the transmission of this deen. Are you with me, brothers? Another example. Muhammad ibn Sirin, he said, كَانَ أَنَسٌ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ عَنْهُ Anas ibn Malik, again. If he narrated a hadith, وَكَانَ إِذَا حَدَّثَ عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ Anas was a person Whenever he told a hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, at the ending he will say, Oh, kama qala Rasulullah. Oh, that which the Prophet said. Meaning, oh, kama qala here means, this is the overall meaning what the Prophet was trying to say. He was scared. Oh, kama qala. Oh, like this the Prophet said. Every time he finished the hadith, he would say, Oh, kama qala Rasulullah. وَلِذَلِكَ دَعُوا لَمَا They mentioned from that. If you know a hadith, but you don't know it word for word, but you know the meaning, when you finish it, so you don't fall under مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Do what Anas done here, which is say, Oh, كَمَا قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. Say that. Somebody asks you a question, and you say, Wallahi, I remember hadith. I can't say it word for word. I haven't memorized it word for word. This is the meaning of what's in the hadith. And at the end you say, Oh, kama qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this shows you how at-tahari, right? What does it show us? At-tahari. How they were diligent in that which they transmitted. Also, Sha'bi. 
Ibn Sirin, both of them, Sha'bi, Amr ibn Sharahil, he said, Amr ibn Sharahil, Sha'bi, and Muhammad ibn Sirin, both of them, they said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, whenever he would talk about the messenger, his face would become different color. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, his face would change. When he would say something about the Prophet, when he would mention something about the Prophet, and then he would say, Hakada, oh Nahwahu, Hakada, oh Nahwahu. He kept saying, This or something like this, this or something like this. Being scared that he doesn't want to clearly, Rasulullah said this. The fear in Abdullah ibn Mas'ud's heart. Again, why? Makanat Sunnah. The weight that the Sunnah held in these people's mind, this is how it was. ولذلك مالك بن أنس الإمام مالك whenever somebody would ask him to tell him a hadith of the Prophet or if he would say a hadith of the messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام أنس بن مالك would go and shower and he would comb his hair and he would brush his teeth and then he would say قال رسول and he would mention the hadith with his chain why? Venerating and respecting the hadith of the Prophet the makana he held for him. Are you with me, brothers? Walidalika Malik ibn Anasin gave the fatwa that in the city of Medina no one can ride a beast on top of the land because the Prophet is buried there. No one's about to mount a riding beast in Medina. Malik ibn Anas said nobody can do that. He was a scholar of what? Of Medina. So what does this show us, brothers? The way that they respected it. There's a line of poetry by Abdullah ibn Hajj al-Shanqiti in his kitab, Maraq al-Su'ud, Limubtaghir Ruqiyyu al-Su'ud. He says, وَالْكُلُّ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَنَاحِ الْأَرْبَعَةِ يَقُولُ لَا أَدْرِ فَكُنْ مُتَّبِعَةِ وَالْكُلُّ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَنَاحِ الْأَرْبَعَةِ The four imams, Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmed, when they were asked about an issue of the religion and they felt they may not know it, what would they say? يَقُولُ لَا أَدْرِي I don't know. وَالْكُلُّ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَنَاحِ الْأَرْبَعَةِ All of the four Imams, whenever they were asked a question and they felt in their heart that they did not know, يَقُولُ لَا أَدْرِي فَكُنْ مُتَّبِعَةِ So if you claim to follow the four Imams, any of them, فَكُنْ مُتَّبِعَةِ Then follow them in this. Don't be a person who has jur'ah. Jur'ah means what? When somebody asks you about something, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Qala Rasulullah, straight away you jump into it. Look, listen to this story. Ata ibn Sa'ibin, he said, Sami'tu Abdurrahman ibn Abi Layla. Abdurrahman ibn Abi Layla is a tabi'i. He's a what? He's a tabi'i. He met 120 companions. Abdurrahman ibn Abi Layla. How many companions? He's a tabi'i. He met 120 companions, Abdurrahman ibn Abi Layla. Look what he said. لَقَدْ أَدْرَكْتُ فِي هَذَا الْمَسْجِدِ He was pointing at the Prophet's masjid. In this masjid, I met 120 companions. I met in the Prophet's masjid. وَمَا مِنْهُمْ And from amongst them, there was not one مِنْ أَحَدٍ يُحَدِّثُ بِحَدِيثٍ Who would speak about the Prophet's hadith. Except that he would wish that his other brother would take the responsibility of answering the question. 
120 companions I met in the Prophet's Masjid. Every one of them, when they were asked a question, a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, he would look for the other companion to answer this question. He would wish that his brother could take that responsibility for him. They don't want to talk about it. Everyone is worried. From what? من كذب علي متعمدا فليتبوى مقعده من النار والحديث عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم شديد speaking about the Prophet's hadith is a severe issue this concludes this point for us which is التحري والتثبت brothers very fine and making sure that what you're saying the Prophet said it even if you narrate a hadith which is weak and you do not research and you just narrate it like that it falls under be careful do your research find out if the hadith is sahih because you do not want to attribute to the Prophet that which he is free from that which he did not say the reason is because the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his words are not like the words of any ordinary person is it? When I say something, you look at it. If it's good, you take it. If you want, you can reject it. As Imam Malik has said, Everybody, his speech is either taken or it's rejected. Our speech is between al-akhdu wal-rad, accepting or rejecting. As for the messenger, all of it has to be taken. There's no ifs, no buts. Since he has that weight, then make sure, since everybody's going to follow him, don't attribute to the Prophet that which he did not say, or that which he did not do. Alayhi salatu wasalam. So, at-tathabut, wa-tahabi, is very vital. We've finished the companions now. The two examples I gave regarding the companions, what does it show us? How the companions were when it came to the sunnah. Now we're going to go into the tabi'een, and this is not only the tabi'een, the tabi'u tabi'een as well. So they're all in the same example. And anyone, those who came after, this is, they share this. The first one is, Al-inayatu bihifdiha. The importance that they gave, this, the importance that they gave to memorizing it. This is the same as the companions. Even the companions were memorizing the hadith. Sahih. So this is same as them. Memorization. The difference here, brothers, is this marhala, and I want you to memorize this principle. Memorize this principle. Memorize it. Every generation that's closer to the time of the messenger has less disunity, more khair and barakah in their speech. The more distanced a generation is in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the timeline, the more distanced a generation is, the more furqah, disunity, the more words that they have to use to explain themselves, 
The Prophet ﷺ, he would say to a man, he came to him and he said, Ya Rasulullah, qulli fil Islam qawla la as'aluhu ahadan ba'dak. Say to me in Islam something that I don't need to ask anyone other than you. And then the messenger said, Qul amantu billahi thumma astaqim. Qul amantu billahi, say I believe in Allah, thumma astaqim, be steadfast. If you sit down and you want to explain this speech, volumes. This is the whole religion. Qul amantu billahi, thumma astaqim. He, he would say something small like this, but he would have... Scholars would come and they write 40, 50 pages on this. Or volumes. صح? The Sahabas were like that. They spoke less. Their speeches had more barakah. Because they were closer to the time of the Messenger. وَلِذَلِكَ The scholars, they said, الْعِلْمُ Knowledge was a dot. It used to just be one dot. It was just one dot. Everybody understood it that. Who came? Then the ignorant ones came and they made it so many dots. But what about this? What about that? How about this? Look at it from this angle. Hakada, you with me, brothers. Everything was easy to the point. They came and they made it a what? But have you seen it from this angle? An argument and dispute and khilaf and no and this and think like this and it became more. And then more explanations. And more principles had to come. And more sciences. Are you with me brothers? So this is the qa'idah that you need to memorize. The more a generation is closer to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the more united that they are. The more their speech, their speech has barakah in it. And it has more of an effect to the heart than anything else. It has a waqa in the heart. It touches people's hearts. Are you with me brothers? Now we are in the, in the timeline, we are 1,400 and something from the Prophet's time, 12 hours. How can we gain the unity and how can we gain the barakah in our speech? We have to go back to those texts. Those texts of the Prophet, we have to study it. Then even though we are down on the timeline, we will become like that. Because of the fact that we're living with what he وسلم, said and did. Does that make sense? Are you with me brothers? That's an p- important principle that we need to understand. So now what we learn is, at the time of the Tabi'een and at the time of the Sahabas, was it the same? Huh? No. Here, problems started a bit. Groups came. We're going to speak about, speak about that later. But they had to do more things. To honor the Sunnah. More things that they had to come with. And from the things was, number one is they memorized it. Al-Inayatubihdiha. Number two is Asu'ali Anil Isnad. Oh, chain. They had to start asking about the chain. The narrators. Who did you hear this from? And who did he hear from? And who did he hear? Until the Prophet. Like in at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, was that, was that present? Why? Because the Sahabas were all reliable. All of them. Allah said about them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ مُهَاجِرِينَ الْأَنصَارِ Allah is pleased with all of them. So the Sahabas are udul. Reliable. No one needs to ask about them. Because Allah said in the Quran, Allah is pleased with them. 
Can anyone ask their companions, we need to know who his name is, where was he born, who did he take from, how long did he stay there, and what did he not do, and what information. So that's number two. Number three is, Al-Bahthu fi ahwalihi, ahwal wa naqalati al-akhbar. Researching. Even though the person is reliable, but there's more research. What about if he did a mistake? Compare his narration to another person's narration. So when the when you heard it from this scholar, who was with you? Fulan. Okay. Go. Is that with you here? I heard this. Hmm. Different, huh? Okay. Who else was there? Fulan was there. Let's go to that person. And verifying that even if he's reliable and he's a good person, but maybe he's a person whose memorization is bad. So number three is what? Number four, sorry, is al-bath, research. Fi ahwalihi. Researching the narrators, their situation. الأخبار, and those who transmitted the narrations to us, looking into them. Are you with me, brothers? And investigating and critically analyzing them. Okay. We'll see that, inshallah. Ta'ala. Number four is tadween, recording all of that for us. What did the scholars record? Pay attention. Later we're going to see in more details, inshallah. They recorded for us books. What did these books have? Hadith. These books, they had hadith. Muatta Imam Malik came, and then Bukhari and Muslim Abi Dawood, Tirmidhi ibn Majah al-Nasai, Muatta ibn, uh, sorry, Musannaf ibn Abi Shayba, Musannaf Abdul Razak, and then the little ajza' Juzu' fi raf'il yadayn by Bukhari and other books. صح? So they wrote us hadith books. Did they leave it like that? No. They wrote books on what? Ilmur Rijal. What does it mean, Ilmur Rijal? The people who are in this book, in the chain, they wrote their biographies for you in a book. So if you want to look at the person who, in the chain, you can go and look him up when he was born, where he was born, who he took knowledge from, everything. They done Tadween Sunnah for you. They documented it for you. You can now go and read Bukhari. Every single narrator in Sahih al-Bukhari, you go to the kitab Tahrib al-Kamal by Abu al-Hajjaj al-Mizzi. Are you with me, brothers? And you find every individual in Sahih al-Bukhari in there. Their biography is there for you. Are you with me, brothers? Then people said Tahrib al-Kamal, maybe six, nine, ten volumes, huh? It's a big book. I can't read it. The Habi came and he made it Tahrib al-Tahrib. He's organized it for you. And that became four, four volumes. People said, we still can't read it. Mughlapai came. He summarized it even more. People said, we still can't read it. Ibn Hajar came. He summarized it again. And then he summarized it again. And he summarized it again. Until it became one volume. You can see the person's full name and where they were born. Just quick information. Are you with me, brothers? All of this is sunnah, documented for you. Are you with me, brothers? And you know what's so sad, brothers? It's actually sad. It hurts a Muslim's heart, which is these books, their manuscripts are now present in the Western world. When the Muslims went to sleep, the Western, when they colonized the Muslim world, they took those manuscripts. They were fascinated how everything is documented, how everything is written. And now you're finding Muslim scholars who are traveling to gather these manuscripts and where are they taking it from? The British Library. I went there to lie. In the British Library there are mahtutat, there are manuscripts. 
Kutub, Sunnah are in there. The works of the great scholars are there. France, Belgium, Germany, Turkey, there's some, alhamdulillah, as well. Are you with me, brothers? When we went to sleep, what our scholars and the legacy that they put together, it was all taken and it's been put there. It's in, a, it's in a museum, you have to pay money to take it. Are you with me, brothers? And you have to sign and take it and etc. And they'll keep the original and they'll give you a copy. Tatween sunnah Everything was documented for us. Are you with me, brothers? Our whole religion is written for us. And the last one is The scholars, they traveled. They cut distance. They left their children and their families. They were away for years. Some of them, they came back three, four years later to their hometown, their cities. All of that, for what reason? To bring the hadith together. To organize things. Are you with me, brothers? Let me give you some examples, inshallah. Uh, So the first one I want to give you an example of is the issue of the time of the companions. Whenever a person said, Qala Rasulullah, everybody would listen. But the time of the tabi'een, when somebody said, Qala Rasulullah, it wasn't the same weight. It wasn't the same weight. Things changed. Listen to the story. And take, it, take, a note, take notes down, inshaAllah ta'ala. Mujahid, he said, Ja'a Bushayrun al-Adawi Bushayr al-Adawi He came to Abdullah ibn Abbas Abdullah ibn Abbas is sitting somewhere Bushayr came And he came to Ibn Abbas And he spoke to him فَجَعَلَ يُحَدِّثْ He started to give narrations Hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ He's saying this. Ibn Abbas is sitting there. Ibn Abbas not giving him any attention. And he's not looking at him. This is Abdullah ibn Abbas. It would have been that he would listen. But he didn't. Then when he saw Ibn Abbas is not giving him any importance and he's not listening to what he has to say. He said to him, Ya Ibn Abbas. Oh Ibn Abbas. Mali la araka. Why is it that I don't hear you? I don't, I don't see you. Sorry. Tasma'u li hadith. You're not giving any attention to me. You're not listening to the hadith that I'm telling you. Uhadithuk al Rasulillah. I am telling you about the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wala tasma'u. And you're not listening. You're looking around. You're not paying attention. Faqal ibn Abbas ibn Abbas. He said, Inna kunna marratan. There was a time once upon a time. Ida sami'na rajulan. If we had a man. يَقُولُ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فَمَنْ سَدْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ What would we do? اِبْتَدَرْتُ أَبْصَارَنَا We would straight away look at him. Everybody in the room would stop what they were doing. They would drop it and they would gaze at him. وَأَصْغَيْنَا إِلَيْهِ بِآذَانِنَا And our ears would go directly to his, to his direction. We would want to hear what he's saying. فَلَمَّا رَكِبَ النَّاسُ When the people started lying. Everybody started to say what he wants. Lying started. Trustworthiness weird out. 
لم نأخذ من الناس إلا ما نعرف. We'll only take from those who we know. If a person we know says it, our eyes and our ears is with him. If somebody we don't know says it, we don't give them any attention. Because what happened here? Fitan. Ayyudni brothers. Imam Muslim brings this in his muqaddimah. The time changed. This is not Zaman al-Sahaba. This is the Zaman of what time was this? The Tabi'in. وَلِذَلِكَ مُحَمَدٍ مِسِّيرِينَ He was a Tabi'i. He said, إِنَّ هَذَا الْعِلْمَ دِينٌ People, the Sunnah is your religion. This is a religion. It's your deen. فَانْظُرُوا عَمَّنْ تَأْخُذُونَ دِينَكُمْ Look who you take your religion from. And this is the truth today. Are you with me, brothers? If today you had a doctor, and somebody said to you, this doctor is not reliable. Wallah, he's not reliable. This doctor is dangerous. Be careful. He's not true. Doctor. His certificate is forged. His qualifications are not right. You would say to the person, I'm not going. Just by that speculation that they threw to you, would you stop going? How oh, you would stop? You'd say, I'm not going. Barakallahu feek. I can't let somebody play with my health. True or false? What about your religion? Which is more valuable to you then? That's your Rasul Mal. It's the most valuable thing that you can ever have, your deen. So look at who you take your deen from. Observe the person. The scholars, they used to not just look at the person's ilm. They used to look at his salah. They look at how he carries himself. And the way he is. When they see that he passed the test then they will go forward and take knowledge from him Muhammad ibn Sirin is saying inna hadha al-amra deenun fanduru amman ta'khuduna deenakum look what he said also la yakun la yakunu yas'aluna an isnad they never used to ask about the chain falamma waqa'at al-fitna nobody used to ask about the chain somebody can just come and say qala rasulullah they will take it no one ever asked about the chain no one would say to somebody, who did you hear it from? Everybody would just take it. When the fitna happened, the killing of Uthman happened, the Khawarij came, the Shia who came, and the Mu'taz and groups came, and the Qadariya and etc. The people started to say, Tell us your men. Who are the men that you took from? Who did you hear this hadith from? فَيَنْظُرُوا إِلَىٰ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ they will look at the person who is from Ahlul Sunnah. And their hadith will be taken. And the people of innovation. And when it's, when it's realized that he's from the innovators, no one will take his hadith. They will reject it. They will say, put that to the side. So they would verify. They will scale things. The religion was protected through this. Abdullah ibn Mubarak, and he said, the chain is our religion What does he mean the chain is our religion? How do we know what the Prophet said and what he didn't say? Through the chain Isnad is from our religion And if it wasn't for the chain Everybody would have claimed whatever he wants Are you brothers? Anyone today who studies ilmul hadith The science of hadith if they apply this in their day-to-day life, no one would oppress anyone. Sahih? 
Twitter and Instagram, somebody would spread an allegation on somebody. صح? Fulan did this to me. Fulan said this. Somebody would just come and say something. Just a little tweet. صح? What do you say? You retweet it. Some people, they will spread it. And they will say, this happened. Happened. Who is the person who said it? You don't know. It's mature. It's unknown to you. Are you with me, brothers? Where is the source of this information? No one knows. Are you with me, brothers? This science, if people applied it in their day-to-day lives, many divorces would not have happened. And marriages would have remained. Families' ties would not have cut. This science was applied. Brothers who were once upon a time together and united, they would not have become disunited. All based on shari'at. Allegations and news that were spread, right? The scholars, what they did, everything that was told to them, who told you? Who did you take it from? Who did who to? And they looked where the source was. And when they realized the source was right, then they based a ruling on it. Abdullah ibn Barak is saying, If it wasn't for the chain, everybody's speech would be the same. And that's true. The one who's lying and the one who's telling the truth, what makes them different? The chain. Where they, when we go and research, we realize who's telling the truth or not. But we have to verify. Many, many of the people, they don't do that. So the Salaf, they started to do this. Verification, authentication, observation. Due to this, I want you to ponder. The books that were authored, which were written by the scholars, there were two types. Books that were sahih and books that had sahih and ba'if. Are you with me, brothers? Why did they write the ba'if so you can know it? Ah, this is ba'if, just know it. Are you with me, brothers? They documented, even made up. They wrote books on the ahadith which are mawdu'ah. The fabricated ahadith that were made. They all read that for you and got it, put it in a place for you. Are you with me, brothers? All the hadith which are sahih, they wrote it for you somewhere. All the hadith which are in between, they wrote it in there for you. Everything's here. Do you want to find all the made up hadith? There are books for it. Al Imam ibn Jawzi has a four volume books. Al Mawdu'at, all the fabricated hadith, all the made up hadith on the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Are you with me, brothers? He plays in somewhere. The hadith which are ba'ifa, scholars, they wrote books just on ba'if, just ba'if, nothing else, just ba'if has it. So you know it. So you can stay away from it. And they also wrote a hadith which are sahiha. All of this was what, for what reason, brothers? So you take the sahih and you leave the ba'if. So sometimes some people, they would go and they would take the book, they would take hadith from where? The ba'if and they would start, start narrating it like it's a what? Are you with me brothers? It's sad because I remember one khatib, one khatib. He used to do khutbatul jum'ah. And do you know where he used to take his hadith from? Al-Mawdu'at from Ibn Jawzi's kitab. The fabricated hadith. Was his reference point for what? 
Hatta doesn't know the name of the book and the cover and what the book deals with. Even me, brothers, this is a problem. Now we're going to go into, inshallah ta'ala, the last point which is Ar-Rihlatu fi Talab al-Ilm before we go into the next class, the Ibn al-Kareem. Ar-Rihlatu fi Talab al-Ilm, which is how they, they traveled. The scholars actually went out of their way and what did they do? They traveled. Walidhalika, write this benefit down. This is a beneficial statement. Yahya ibn Ma'in said, this is it's a golden statement. Yahya ibn Ma'in, he said, Four types of people You will never Gain from them any guidance The wisdom And the gems Don't expect From four types of people And from those four The one that concerns us today From the four and the one that concerns us Is A man who writes Hadith in his land And he doesn't travel To seek knowledge He doesn't go around the world to gain knowledge You will never find from that person Guidance and a lot of wisdom The one Who stays in his hometown And he just learns there And he stays there and he never leaves Yahya ibn Ma'inin He said don't expect to get from him The wisdom and don't expect to get from him what? Guidance. Because the one who traveled, he left his comfort zone. He left his home, he left his bed. And when he traveled, do you just think that he came back with ilmul hadith? Or did he learn a lot of things on the way? He learned different cultures. He learned how different people think. He learned how to deal with other people. He learned how to carry himself. He learned a lot of things. He learned the, the land. Wisdom he gathered. And when he speaks to you, his ilm has got wisdom inside it. It's not just information that he gathered. Ibrahim ibn Adham said, another benefit. It's another benefit. Ibrahim ibn Adham and he said, Inna Allah ta'ala, this one, should touch every one of us here. Inna Allah ta'ala yadfa'ul bala'a Allah removes calamities. This, this statement is powerful. Inna Allah yadfa'ul bala'a Allah removes calamities from what? An hadhi al-ummah. This ummah birihlati ashab al-hadith because of the traveling of the people of hadith. They're traveling and they're leaving their hometown and their cities and going to other places to gain the knowledge of hadith and compiling hadith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he repels what does he repel? calamities from a nation this is powerful you might think to yourself really? yes when you hear some of their stories some of these scholars they will travel in the heat, in that sun. And I want you brothers to focus here. There's no car. There's no aeroplane. There's no air conditioner. They are walking in the desert. In the heat. Some of them walked. 
I never took no riding beast. Baqiyat ibn Makhlat said, I never took a riding beast. You know where he came from, brothers? He came from Andalus, modern time Spain. And where did he walk to? Baghdad, Iraq. Wow. To meet who? Ahmed ibn Hanbal. And you know what happened? When he reached Iraq, he came to Baghdad, and he's entering Baghdad, they told him he walked. No, no horse, no camel. He reached Baghdad. As soon as he reached Baghdad, they told him Imam Ahmed is in house prison. He's not allowed to narrate. The leader put him in what? His house prisoned. He cannot leave the house. His house is arrested. Ahmed cannot leave. Ahmed cannot narrate. So Baqiyat ibn Makhaladin, he said, I came to the masjid. Sad. Heartbroken. I traveled for months. I come to Baghdad to meet Ahmed ibn Muhammad ibn Hanbal. And now I'm told he's in his house, he's prisoned, he cannot come out, he cannot talk to anybody. The government has put sanctions on him. So he went into the masjid and he sat down. And as he was sitting in the masjid, he saw a man. This man was narrating hadith. And the people would ask him about a man. And they would say, what do you think of so-and-so? Because he, the chain. And he would say, don't take so-and-so's narrations. So-and-so's narrations are good. And he, would, he was doing jarhu al-ta'adil. Praising and criticizing narrators. So I asked the people, I said, who is this man? And he would say to me, Abu Zakariya Yahya ibn Ma'in. This man is Yahya ibn Ma'in. And I said, is this Yahya ibn Ma'in? Ah. Yahya was famous, was well known. Then he said, I put my hand up. I said, what do you say about Ahmed ibn Muhammad ibn Hanbal? What do you say about who? Ahmed ibn Hanbal. What's your view regarding Ahmed ibn Hanbal? The reason why he asked is because he wants Yahya ibn Ma'in to criticize Ahmed ibn Hanbal. And if he does criticize it, at least in his heart he feels that my journey was not a waste. Yeah? At least I came, you know, it wasn't the right person to come to. Yahya ibn Ma'in said, Mithli yus'alu an Ahmed. Somebody like me is asked about Ahmed. Ahmed yus'alu an me. Ask Ahmed about me. Then my sadness increased even more. I'm now the man. So he said, I went to Ahmed's house. I said, I cannot stay in Baghdad for too long. The money I have, brothers. You have to realize, brothers, the money he has is not too much. He can't. This is all calculated for them. So he said, I went to Ahmed ibn Hanbal. I knocked on his door. I said, Ahmed, I'm a stranger. I'm a foreigner. I'm not from your town. I'm not from here. Ahmed said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Andalus. Ahmed said, that's a very far place. Brothers, again, no airplane. In that desert he walked. Ahmed said, I'm imprisoned. The leader doesn't allow me to narrate. So I can't narrate to you. He said, listen. Every day I will come to you as a beggar. I'll dress up like a, a beggar. 
and I will knock on your door. Just tell me one or two hadith and I'll leave you. Ahmed looked at him for a while and he said, okay. Baqiyah ibn Makhlat came to Ahmed and he took hadith bit by bit. Bit by bit. Three, four hadith. Three, four hadith. Three, four, five hadith like that. Until guess what? He had the biggest musnad in Islam. His musnad is the biggest musnad that was written in Islam. Are you with me, brothers? Even bigger than Muslim Imam Muhammad himself. But it got lost. The Muslim of Imam Muhammad, uh, Muslim of Baqiyat ibn Makhlad got what? It got lost. It's from the books that when the Tatar came to the Muslim world, they took it and they threw it into the ocean. Pay attention here, brothers. Baqiyat ibn Baqiyat. I just want to show you. As the poet said, uh, Abu Tib al Mutanabi said, إِذَا كَانَتِ النُّفُوسُ كِبَارَ تَعِبَتْ فِي مُرَادِهَا الْأَجْسَامُ When the person, brothers, has high aspirations, the body cannot keep up with your aspiration. So the body, body suffers. Baqiyat ibn Makhlat, he reached a point where Imam Ahmed, when he got taken out of prison from his house, and he was allowed to narrate. Ahmed used to have a gathering, and he would narrate, and he would look for Baqiyah. That's Baqiyah. And Ahmed would say, sit next to me. And we tell the people, this is Baqiyah ibn Makhlat. And Imam Muhammad praise him. Baqiyah went to Andalus, to his place. And at that time, Andalus did not have hadith. The knowledge of hadith was not strong. He was the one who brought the hadith of the Prophet to where? To Andalus. The point of the story is, brothers, is what? How these scholars, they what? They traveled. And they went, not weeks or months, but what? Some of them years. Some of them when they traveled, and they came to the funeral of the person that we were trying to take the narration from. Funeral. And some of them, because of the heat, the sun, and the hot temperature, some of them, their urine turned into blood they started urinating they started to urinate blood because of the heat but that didn't still stop them some of them they heard a scholar is alive and he's got a hadith and they want to go and they want to take the hadith from him and you know what they will do they don't have the money for it they don't have the ticket and uh, the means to get there so what do they do they take their children's pots and pans and the kids' food. <laughs> and they take it to the market and whatever money becomes, he takes that money and he goes. Yeah. They will sell their kids' food and their kids' pans and the pots in the house just so they can get a journey to the destination and back to narrate the hadith. I'll tell you one final story, then inshallah ta'ala will start the next part of the class. Mu'ammal ibn Ismail. One day he was sitting, and then a man told him about every surah in the Quran, the virtue in it. Surah Al-Baqarah, fadluhu kada wa kada. Surah Al-Imran, fadluhu kada wa kada. 
Surah An-Nisa fadluhu kada wa kada every surah virtue 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 and then he said who, who? and then each of those hadith is attributed to Ubay ibn Ka'b radiyallahu ta'ala anhu so Mu'amal ibn Ismail he liked this come on every surah it makes you want to learn that surah and memorize it it's virtue but then he said who told you this and then he said rahadathani rajulun bil madain hadathani rajulun bil madain a man in Madain told me this. So Mu'ammal took his riding beast. He went to Madain. He said to the man in Madain, I've come to you and I want to know man haddathaka bihad al-hadith. Who told you this hadith? And then he said, Rajulun shaykhun biwasat. A man in wasat. Okay. He took his riding beast and he went to wasat. When he went to wasat, he met the man and he said, Man haddathaka? Who told you this hadith? And then he said, Shaykhun bil Basra. Brothers, you know where this is? Not around the corner. It's not go straight and turn left and then you go wrong. No. <laughs> this is continents. And he took his riding beast again. And he went to Basra. And then when he went to Basra, I went to the man in Basra and I said to him, Who told you this? And then he said to him, Shaykhun bi Abdan. Shaykhun bi Abadan, sorry. Okay, he took his riding beast, he went there. When he went there, he said to the Shaykh, who told you? The man took me by the hand and he brought him into the gathering of a large group of Min al Mutasawifa, Sufis, were sitting. A Shaykh was sitting with them. And then he said to him, هَذَا الشَّيْخُ حَدَّثَنِي That man is the one who told me this. Mu'ammal ibn Ismail went. And then he said to him, يَا شَيْخُ مَنْ حَدَّثَكَ Who told you this hadith? And then he said, لَمْ يُحَدِّثُنِي أَحَدٍ Nobody told me this hadith. وَلَكِنَّنَا رَأَيْنَا But we saw that the people were turning away from the Qur'an. قَدْ رَغِبُ عَنِ الْقُرْآنِ The people were showing passion to other than the Qur'an. فَوَضَعْنَا لَهُمْ We placed these ahadith for them. فَوَضَعْنَا لَهُمْ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ لِيَصْرِفُوا قُلُوبَهُمْ إِلَى الْقُرْآنِ So we can bring their hearts back to the Qur'an. Mu'ammal ibn Musma'il's journey, calculation-wise, it took him two years to go around. And all he fell into is what? A man who said, we made up the hadith. This is just one example. There's another story of Shu'bat ibn Hajjaj, Abu Bistam al-Ataki. Same story, some, something similar that happened to him. Are you with me, brothers? Let me tell you one other story. I think this story is very good. It's worth mentioning. Where shows you what these scholars have done for us. Wallahi. When our hearts become sick with the remembrance of these people, our hearts become what? Light. And sometimes we leave off reading their biography we turn on our hills. This story is a man by the name of Muhammad Abdul Baqir. Muhammad Abdul Baqir, he traveled from his land to go and collect hadith. Are you with me, brothers? But they said before that, before that, so he went to seek hadith. So one day, Muhammad Abdul Baqir he came to 
a city. Mm-hmm. He came to what? A city. When he came to the city in which he wanted to take hadith from, he came for a particular sheikh. But then he found some pearls. A, 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 a mount of what? There were rubles and pearls and gems that were in there. So what he did is, when he found it, as soon as he got it, somebody was outside saying to the people, I lost my property, and they were describing it. So he went and he said, Ta'al. He said, describe it for me. He described it. What is in there? He said, it's yours. The man said, I promised whoever gives it to me that I will give them this amount. He said, I don't want your money. Are you with me, brothers? I don't want your money. And he went. He went for his journey for hadith. So he took a... He went to the sea to mount his, the boat that he wanted to take to travel for hadith. When he took his boat, there was too much tide and the boat broke. He, he held on to a part of the boat and it brought him to the shore. The, peop, the rest of the people that were on the boat with him, part, they died from it. Are you with me brothers? This is his rihla. He came to a land, the people of the land, they saw him lying down on the shore. They saw him lying down on the, on the shore. So they took him, they clothed him, they gave him food, and they asked him his story. And he said, my story is, I was heading to that particular land to compile the hadiths of the Prophet ﷺ. And they said, you seek, you're seeking knowledge? He said, yes. They said, they saw his notes. They said, you know how to write? He goes, yeah. They said, can you teach our children how to read and write? He said, okay. Then, they heard him read Quran. They said, Allahu Akbar, you can lead. You know how to read Quran. Lead us in the Salah. So he became the sheikh of the Mantiqa. Then they said to him, listen. He said, now I have to leave. As my journey was to go and seek knowledge of hadith. I appreciate what you've done for me, but I have to keep moving. They said, with one condition. And that's what they used to do. The people, the righteous people, this is what they used to do. Whenever a righteous person would come, they would, do, they would make him marry, so he'd come to that land again. He was not from Yemen, but they married him off to a woman and they kept him in Yemen like that. What did they do? To keep him in Yemen, that's what, they, that's what they did to him. So what they did to him was, they told him you have to marry, and then you can go, because they knew he's going to come back. He said, I'm, that's not my intention. He said, we're not going to let you go unless you get married. He said, okay. They brought him a young girl. The first night when the young girl entered onto him, he saw on her neck something. He looked at it, he gazed, and he woke up in the morning and the people of the city were knocking on his door. He came and he said, what is the, pro- what's the, what is the problem? They said, the young girl complained about you. 
What, what is the reason? They said that all you did last night was look at her neck. He said, no. He said, I saw on her neck, necklace. And on the, the necklace was some pearls that I remember from somewhere. I gathered these pearls for a man once upon a time who lost it. And I saw it on her neck. The people of the city started screaming, shouting. He said, what is, this, what is the reason? They said the young girl, her father was the one who lost the necklace. And he used to make dua that Allah marries his daughter off to the man who found the pearls for him. He now passed away and now you're married to his daughter. So what happened? Pay attention, the story hasn't finished. She died and he had children for her. So the pearls went towards the children. Their children inherited it from their mother. And then the children passed away and he inherited the what? He inherited the necklace. It came to him. It became his own possession. It became his. At the beginning, Allah brought it back to him. That's just one story from the stories of the scholars of Hadith who traveled. al-Baghdadi, he wrote a book called The stories of the scholars who traveled to seek Hadith. And there are many, many more. There's a great story of Siddiq Hassan Khan. Do you know Siddiq Hassan Khan? Al-Qannawji, eh? Do you know Siddiq Hassan Khan from India? He has a good story about his journey of when he traveled to um, from India to Hajj and his journey and what he went through. These are things that you should read. You will find so much benefit and a lot of high aspiration. Inshallah Ta'ala will carry on the next part. Bismillah al-Kareem.